1: I love your podcast. This is gold. This is where it's at. Welcome to another episode of the Bits of Gold podcast, where we help you wake up, find your purpose and build your dream life, build a life driven with purpose on this Bits of Gold bonus episode. I am so excited to share a little bit about an amazing organization. On this Bits of Gold bonus episode, I am so excited to share a little bit about an amazing organization, Stupid Cancer. I found out about Stupid Cancer through David Richman, who I had on the show previously. He is an ultra runner, ultra Ironman. He has done numerous Ironmans, and he has a fascinating story. I'll include that one in the show notes as well. David is the chairperson of Stupid Cancer, told me all about the organization, and I knew I had to get... The CEO, Allison Silverman, on the show to share a little bit about the amazing, incredible work they are up to. Allison is the CEO of Stupid Cancer, whose mission is to help empower everyone affected by adolescent and young cancer by ending isolation and building community. Allison got involved in cancer patient advocacy when her 24 year old brother was diagnosed with stage four Edwing's sarcoma 15 years ago. That experience shifted her entire perspective to transition to patient advocacy. 15 years after his diagnosis, while a lot has changed for adolescent and youth adults, there's still a lot of work to do. And she is certainly doing that in building Stupid Cancer and growing this incredible organization. And I'm so excited for what the future holds for them. They're helping thousands and thousands and thousands of people be empowered by adolescent and young adult cancer by ending isolation and building meaningful community. With that, enjoy the special bonus episode and learning a little bit about Allison's story, what they're up to at Stupid Cancer, and how you can support anyone who is facing or navigating a cancer diagnosis and how you can get involved with this incredible organization. With that, enjoy the show. Allison, welcome to the Bits of Gold Podcast. Thanks for coming on the show today.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. I learned about your organization through having David on the, the podcast quite some time ago, and he's like, Gotta connect with Allison. We're doing some really awesome things with Stupid Cancer. And yeah, here we are. And David also has his own remarkable story.
0: Absolutely. And he is also <laughs> now our board chair. He has recently stepped into that
1: role. Oh, that's amazing. David has inspired me to uh, try my own attempt to add a half Iron that I'm doing this, <laughs> this September now. So good
0: for you. <laughs>
1: He has me on on that path. I have no idea what to expect. And (laughs) I know I should definitely be swimming a lot more than I probably am right now.
0: Now's not a great time for the Hudson River.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I'm really excited to have you on to share your own story, your own path of what led you to building Stupid Cancer. Maybe just to start, before we take it back to how you got here, I'd love if you could share a little bit about what Stupid Cancer is.
0: Sure, Um, absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Stupid Cancer is a national nonprofit. Our mission is to help empower everyone affected by adolescent and young adult cancer by ending isolation and building community. And what we do is really bring people together through educational tools and resources that are age appropriate. And when we talk about adolescents and young adults, we're talking about 15 to 39-year-olds, so that's a pretty large age range, as well as building connections. We know that this community is very isolated um we know that you know a young person with cancer often has never met another person their age who's going through what they're going through and so we really want to kind of bring people together with you know other ones who got it and who understand the impact of being a young person with cancer going through you know all of the personal and professional development that they are going through in that stage of their lives So we're really here to support them through our online and in-person programming. Obviously, we've been online for the past two and a half years now, but um, going back in person in just about a month with our signature event, CancerCon, which is a a weekend-long event for the community. But we really focus on the patients, the survivors, the caregivers, all of the stakeholders in the space. So that includes providers and professionals who are supporting AYAs to ensure that they have the resources that are necessary for them to live throughout their treatment and survivorship with dignity, with respect, and with the tools that they need for an improved quality of life.
1: Mm, That's amazing. How old is the organization? How long has the organization been around for?
0: This is our 15th birthday. So we are officially an adolescent.
1: Wow. Amazing. So I'm curious, how do people find out about stupid cancer? Is it through hospitals? How do they find out about your organization?
0: A bunch of different ways. Word of mouth is huge. So, you know, when as the AYA community kind of grows upon itself, and there's only about uh, a little under 90,000 young people diagnosed every year with cancer. So while that sounds like a big number compared to some of the other age demographics, it's not a ton. So it's really through, through word of mouth that they find stupid cancer and they find each other. We do have a lot of really amazing professionals that we work with in the provider space, whether it's nurse navigators or social workers who will share our resources with their patients. And then through some of our other partner organizations, we also have a huge following across our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, that also is a way for us to get some information out to the community.
1: Wow. So amazing. So, I'm very curious to hear and discuss a little bit about how you ended up in this space in getting involved in cancer patient advocacy.
0: Sure. Well, like many young people with cancer or who have a loved one with cancer, it wasn't even on my radar about 15 years ago. I saw the St. Jude's commercial, so I knew that kids got cancer and I knew that older people got cancer, but it never really occurred to me that a young person would. And I was in grad school here in new york and my younger brother at the age of 24 was diagnosed with stage four ewing sarcoma it became very personal and much like many of the folks in our community he went to see a whole slew of specialists before he saw an oncologist because nobody ever thought a healthy 24 year old would have cancer let alone stage four cancer so that quickly shifted my perspective as something as traumatic as that does and i went into cancer patient advocacy first down in the DC area, working for an organization down there doing a lot of advocacy work and lobbying work. I volunteered a lot with with Livestrong back in 2006, 2007, just as a way to sort of give back to understand and find ways to help support my brother. Over the years, I had stayed really involved and in July of 2019, I came to join Stupid Cancer. And what is so amazing to me is in the 15 years since he was diagnosed till now so much has changed. He was treated in a couple of different institutions. One institution treated him uh by his age as an adult so he was the youngest person in the room. The other institution treated him by his disease which was technically a pediatric cancer so he was the oldest person in the room. And he kind of fell into that no man's land and I think this is a story we hear a lot from our community that you know I'm not a kid and I'm not an older adult I'm just this AYA and there's no, there's no place for me. Since then, there have been a lot more AYA programs and a lot of academic institutions, which is amazing. There are a lot more other organizations that have, that have sprouted up to support young people, but there's still a lot of work to be done. And we're still seeing a lot of crippling isolation, especially with the past two years and a lot of delayed diagnosis, a lot of the other side effects that so many young people face with a cancer diagnosis.
1: Yeah. I'm curious, what was it like when you found out about your, your brother's diagnosis? How did you handle that and how are you able to support him? I think one of the things that's, you know, I talk to a lot of people who have lived through or live with people who were diagnosed with cancer and you speak to them and, you know, it's like one day you think this will never impact you. You don't even have a sense that cancer will ever impact your life in one way, shape or form. And then all of a sudden you almost are like thrown into it and you become an expert overnight. Mm-hmm.
0: It's funny. Cause I think the more time I, I spend in this space, the more I realize how much I didn't know <laughs> back then. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're right. You're, you're thrown into it and you're, you know, all of a sudden you have a vocabulary that you didn't have before. And you were asking questions that never occurred to you. I very much lived in the space of, He's a young, healthy person with a bad bout of cancer. Like this is temporary, awful situation. It sucks. We're going to see this through. And he fought for 18 months, but he passed away. And some people might say that that was my defense mechanism kicking in or however it was that I needed to cope with having somebody so close to me that I cared so much about fighting this disease. It really kind of inspired me to start thinking about different ways that he could be supported and different things that, that he would need just to make the day-to-day easier. And I can say as a caregiver and something I've heard from a lot of other caregivers is it feels so hopeless. I couldn't hear Mm -hmm. cancer. I wish I could, I wish somebody could, (laughs) and I knew that. And so I had to kind of think of other things that I could do. So I got really involved in volunteering. I, I would send a lot of information out. about bone marrow donation or blood donations, as that became a more relevant possible option for him. I ran a few marathons and raised money because I didn't know what else to do, so why not just start running? But you know, it really kind of made me, at the time, I was working in public service. I worked in the government, and I was really focused on kind of shifting my focus from public service to something that was much more tangible and useful for what he was going through. And certainly seeing him, like I said, in these kind of two different treatment settings, neither of which he fit into that sort of got me thinking about why are we not treating this whole generation, these generations of people in a different way? We, and this is kind of when there was a lot of information sort of starting to come out. People were starting to talk about AYA's and it just felt like we needed to do so much more. So. The short answer to your question is I lived in a little bit of the denial space to get me through it and just kind of picked up wherever I could, but it slowly sort of turned into something much bigger, which is, which is how I landed here.
1: Yeah. Do you have a sense or, not necessarily a sense, but I am curious, obviously, since you're building Stupid Cancer, what would be the advice that you would give someone who is looking for, hey, how do I support my friend, and my family, or a loved one who was recently diagnosed, because I think that that's one of those things that, unfortunately, at some point, many people face. And it's one of those not necessarily taboo topics, but it's like it's just an uncomfortable conversation. And I feel a lot of people don't necessarily know—not uh-huh. that there's a right a right thing to say, but there's certainly plenty of wrong things yeah. to say. But I think a lot of people struggle with how do I support this person that I love so much?
0: Yeah, that's a great question, and it's funny because we we often kind of share these memes or quotes on on our social media about you know what not to say to an aya and and there's a lot of them are or the stupidest thing you've heard from you know a caregiver and <laughs> some of them are surprising and some of them are things that I've probably said so you know i think when it comes to supporting somebody a young adult or an adolescent with cancer it's about being there and listening and you know, every situation is different and every situation is unique, but helping that person find connections with others who are similar to them, whether it's the same disease or whether it's the same age, ideally both. But the unique thing about AYAs is that the, the issues that they deal with are very special to this age group, right? You know, you're thinking about young people who are graduating from high school or college or starting a career and how cancer can interrupt those sorts of developments or fertility questions, whether you're starting to build a family or whether you haven't even thought about it, but now you have to, or financial toxicity. Nobody has a savings account for cancer and all of a sudden you're thousands of dollars in debt because of this treatment. And so what we find to be so helpful within our patient community is being able to connect folks with one another, with another person who can say, oh yeah, that happened to me too. And the same goes for caregivers because it is a unique community and being able to connect caregivers so they can share stories, so they can find tips for navigating through caring for a young person with cancer.
1: Mm, That all makes sense. How does your organization work with people who are terminally ill and maybe they're not going to be thinking about their future per se? I don't know how to exactly phrase that.
0: Yeah. I mean, certainly there's metastatic disease within our community as well. And really, because our focus is the psychosocial piece, it's the same. It's about building those connections and knowing that you're not alone. And maybe you're not thinking about your financial planning for retirement, but maybe it's financial planning to do something next month. You know, Whatever it is that is meaningful to you, we want to help you get there. We want to help connect you with people, with resources, so you don't necessarily have to be 10 years into treatment to come in and find that support we're here to help with everybody in the community whether you're in treatment whether you're you've been out of treatment for five days or five years or, or whether you're in treatment for the rest of your life
1: mm, that makes sense so specifically with i believe that the, the CancerCon is what you said the name is mm-hmm. what's that conference or that event about what does that look like It sounds like it's like a party and maybe it is. I'm curious what that event entails and how that event is helping people today.
0: So CancerCon is our signature event. It started in the early days in some form and has kind of morphed over time into this one weekend long conference, It's about three and a half days. And it is a series of plenary sessions, breakout sessions, discussion sessions, and a lot of really fun social activities. And the goal is to again provide those age appropriate resources to our community and also build those connections. We have a lot of first timers who come who have never met another person who's going through what they're going through and they come to CancerCon and they think, "Oh my god, I found my family." We've heard numerous times it's a life-changing event. And so what we really do is we highlight those big topics that we talked about that are unique within our community through different types of sessions. And we really focus on on having conversations. It's not just come and sit in this room and look at a PowerPoint, but really talking about it and, and talking through a lot of the the nuances of, of these big topics. But then also having a lot of fun. I mean, the the highlight of the weekend is the dance party on Saturday night. And this year, it's going to be our 15th birthday party. And we're really excited about it. We've been locked behind our computers for two and a half years, and we're coming back in person in Minneapolis next month. So we're so excited to see people in real life with all of the appropriate precautions. And it'll be just, you know, a really, really incredible event. but you know understanding that not everybody can travel whether it's because of cost or treatment or or health or social anxiety we will also have a digital cancer con later on in the year in in november
1: wow that's that's amazing i'm curious what you feel the the future holds for stupid cancer and where you see the organization going
0: well you know i think in the beginning stupid cancer was really about shouting from the rooftops and having people understand that aya is a thing and that it's unique and that we need to be having different conversations when it comes to adolescents and young adults with cancer. Going forward, we're continuing to elevate those needs of this community and doing that through our programs, through outreach to media, connecting the community and really thinking bigger about what our community is and who our community is. That being the patients, the survivors, all of the professionals, every stakeholder, everyone who has a skin in this game. We consider all AYAs to be an underserved community. They're underserved in the healthcare setting with too few resources and treatment that's not specific to their biological or so- psychosocial needs. They're underserved and underrepresented in research, whether it's academic or clinical research. And furthermore, we also understand that there is sort of another level of underserved, the underserved, the underserved as we call them, and that's the patients of color, differently abled patients, other patients, whether they're transgender patients or LGBTQ patients. And so really looking at ways that we can address those health disparities within the AYA community and create programming to support them and their unique needs and their families, as well as educating our health professionals and our other nonprofit partners to create some sort of systemic change. So we no longer have this sort of underserved class of cancer patients.
1: Mm, It's truly amazing and remarkable what you've been building in Stupa Cancer and I've been following closely ever since I connected with David. We could start to wrap this episode. I'm curious, is there anything that you wish I would have asked you about Stupa Cancer, about the organization?
0: Well, you know, I'd love for folks to get involved in any way that is meaningful to them, whether it's volunteering, whether it's donating, whether it's sharing, spreading the word we know that the Gen Z and millennial population is a huge population. They're about 70% of our workforce. So whether this impacts you specifically, whether it's your friend or it could possibly be somebody in the company that you work for. So, you know, certainly something to think about and something to start learning a little bit more about and sort of arming yourself with that information to be able to, to share and support other loved ones or coworkers or friends in your midst.
1: Within Stupid Cancer, are people able to volunteer or get involved?
0: We have a bunch of different ways. Certainly, CancerCon is one way to volunteer for those who are patients or survivors or caregivers and professionals. We're always looking for hosts for our meetups. Our meetups are casual gatherings. We do them both digitally and in person. They're not support groups. They're just meant for people to come together and hang out and talk and be around other people who get it. So, you know, you can get involved that way. If you are connected to an organization or a company that is interested in learning more or interested in supporting this work, we're happy to talk to you about that. And certainly, you know, always open to new ideas. If you have a great volunteer opportunity or a way to give back, give us a call and we'd love to get involved.
1: Awesome. And is the best place stupidcancer.org?
0: Yes. You can reach out to our website.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show today.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It was great to meet you.
1: Likewise. Thanks so much for tuning in to this bonus episode on the Bits of Gold podcast. If you like this episode, take a minute, share with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. It really helps with growing the show. With that, I hope you have an incredible week ahead. I love your podcast. This is gold. This is where it's at.